This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, so, um, little story. I wasn't here last week, I was away, um, little vacation. And I came back Thursday night. It was, I don't know if you remember last Thursday night, it was pretty stormy. But anyway, I came back Thursday night. Friday morning I woke up and I wasn't feeling well at all. Um, my stomach was up as double the size that it normally is. I was in a lot of pain. And uh, I knew that something was very wrong. So I went to the hospital. And I um, was really very well taken care of because of someone that we know there. And we got in there and they did a a blood test and a sonogram and this and that. Anyway, they did a CAT scan and they found that one of my intestines was partially blocked and which caused, we don't understand the body. Now I understand it a lot more after spending two days in the hospital. But um, the intestines were blocked and therefore everything backed up behind it and the pressure of all the food pushing on the intestine and not being able to get through caused the stomach to blow up and of course crazy pain. So I was like in a lot of pain. And they're like, maybe you have a kidney stone. I'm like, no, I know what that, I know what that feels like. And um, so what they had to do is one of the most painful things that I've ever gone through in my life. And I've gone through kidney stones and you take a tube and they stick it up your nose. It's pretty, pretty wide tube. And they stick it up your nose, which then goes down your throat into your stomach. And they um, sort of vacuum very slowly everything out of your stomach. Once your stomach empties, it pulls the stuff out of your kishka so that there's nothing pushing on the block. There's nothing pushing on the block. It takes the pain away. There's no, there's no pressure on the block. But having a tube stuck up your nose, down your throat, you can't. every time you swallow, you feel tube. Um, it's like the most uncomfortable thing in the whole world. And... Um, I told the guy who was going to do it, I'm telling you right now, if I tell you to pull it out, you're going to pull it out. And he's like, well, listen, whatever you want, you know. But all the doctor said, if you want to feel the better, you have to do this, or you're going to be here for a long time. And for two days, I had that tube up my nose, down my throat, and of course you can't eat, you can't drink. Um, you, you're just on intravenous, and being the tubes down your throat into your stomach, you can't drink anything. So if you're thirsty, they just put a little ice on your on your lips. All I can tell you is that I have crazy across the toilet that I'm sitting here tonight that I'm able to give a shear and that they um, they pulled that tube out on Shabbos at 5.30 in the afternoon before Mincha. I was waiting from the second they put it in until they would pull that thing out. And... Um, I learned a lot of lessons. This, well, I'm telling you this. I learned a lot of lessons this Shabbos. Besides um, Asher Yatsa, which, you know, it says, If one of the things that's supposed to be closed opens, one of the things that's supposed to be open closes, You can't even be up there for one second. It's MS. You can't. You can't. You, can't, you, you go out of your mind. The pain is so crazy. I mean, how a person's something that's supposed to be open the veins to your heart and they close you have a heart attack so Ashayatza is a huge huge bracha and I sort of was like the faster you get this pipe out of my mouth the faster I can say Ashayatza um, but just, it's just 
fascinating and, and I, I just cannot understand how there could be doctors in the world that don't believe in Hashem I'm in this crazy pain so I'm begging the doctor for painkillers give me morphine give me something ah, because I can't deal with the tube in my mouth forget the stomach pain the tube in your nose it's in your nose and it's down your mouth and it's connected you're like a slave first of all you have an intravenous in your hand so you connect it to that pole and then you have a pipe in your nose and you connect it to the suction thing behind you you're a human being you're a slave your mom was a slave in a prison in a hospital in a prison windows don't open right? I'm in my room I'm in a prison the windows don't open you can't leave you're connected to the wall right you're going out of your mind so like give me some morphine no but they can't give you painkillers when you have this why? so the doctor tells me even though we're all sitting here and we don't feel it all the time you're alive your bowels your bowels and your um, large intestine small intestine which is miles long um, continuously move the way your food moves from your stomach till you get rid of it is these bowels are moving 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 inside you they're moving the whole time and if you take morphine or you take a painkiller then it slows down the movement because painkillers slow down your whole system and they said we can't slow down the movement we want to get this blockage out right it's going to stop moving it's just going to be wedged in there so we can't give you painkillers because it's going to slow the whole movement down I'm like what are you talking about movement I don't feel nothing inside right so he said if you took a stethoscope took a stethoscope and you put it on your belly you would hear it you'd hear continuous <laughs> continuous movements because like, who created us with miles of, 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 of intestines that are continuously you have no idea you go to the bathroom have a good day you have no idea from where that food starts to where the food leaves that your body the whole time inside is moving and shaking and if you would stop that moving and shaking all the food would get stuck and you'd, you'd die we don't even know that so I was like oh my god Ashiyatza is like so huge that everything has to work perfectly and if one thing doesn't work perfectly it's like it's like so anyway so so Hashem he pulled that thing out of my my, my nose and well I want to tell you what I learned which um, you have to you know you have to learn something from everything you go through every test they took until I, until I knew what it was um until you get that answer right this could have been anything it could have been I don't want to say what right but it could have been anything they thought it might even be my heart because the pain was like in the middle and going through to my back so they took they took x-rays of the heart it could have been anything I didn't know what it was so every time you took a test you have to wait no one's in a rush to give you an answer it's not them it's you know they're doctors so you know can you call the doctor I kept telling my wife could you go to the nurse just ask her if they got the answer they have to get you know and it was like until I got that answer and, and on Shabbos Shabbos morning so they, they weren't willing to take this pipe out until they knew the obstruction was gone and the only way they knew the obstruction was gone is they took me to x-rays they took x-rays so Shabbos morning they took me for x-rays and um the faster they take me for x-rays the faster they see it's clear the faster they pull that tube out but they're not in a rush to come up to get me to take x-rays so every hour that I'm sitting there waiting for the x-rays is an extra hour that the tube's in my in my mouth in my nose in my throat so I was just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and I kept sending my wife to the nurse tell them to come already tell them to come already you know so and, and they finally came and then they took the x-rays and you have to wait for the answer 
and everything takes time and the blood test takes time and you can't find the doctor and the nurse is not there and you got to ask and you're waiting and you're waiting and I said to myself how many times people send me emails and I don't answer and they really have problems and they're like well I need your help but I'm over my head I can't even can't. You know, I'm like, I'll answer them in three days I'll answer them in four days I'll return you know I'll call I'll have a message and I'll say I'll, I'll, I'll send back a text you know today's Monday I'll be, maybe I'll, I'll be able to talk to you on, on you know be able to see you on Thursday and I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, these people, the pain that I'm in, they have a kid that's, that's, that just left the house and they don't know where they are or, or, or something happened in school that they got thrown out and, and Rob Wallstein's the doctor and they're calling out to him and he's, and he's saying, okay, I'll talk to you in four days. I'll talk to you in three days. I'm, I, I don't call you back. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll answer you in five hours. Five hours? I learned this job is five hours when you got a tube down your throat is five million hours. So five hours when, it, when, 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 when a kid or a parent or whatever is, is in emotional distress is, is five million hours, and I never realized that. So, so I came back. I, found, I got out of the hospital Sunday, Baruch Hashem, in the schools of my high school because I had graduation. Um, it was very funny because um, the, I had two amazing male nurses. Uh, Hashem, I mean, you know, like it says that Yosef Atzadik, I was thinking about this, that um, there's this guy Jablon, He's, a, he's like the head of Maimonides, uh, uh, and, and, and he just took care of me. He put me, I mean, he just took care of me like, like, like I was in a hotel. Of course, you're not in a hotel and you don't feel good and you don't want to talk to anybody. And even when he came to visit me, he says, how are you feeling? And I looked at him like I was going to kill him. What, how, how am I feeling? I got a tube coming out of my nose, you know, like how I'm feeling. But he managed to care of me. So there, there were these, these two, two male nurses, interesting. One of them, um, the last night before I left, we had a whole talk about Moshe Rabbein. It was cute, it was cute anyway. So, um, you know they were they were absolutely uh, amazing and 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 every time they disconnected me so that I could go to the bathroom whatever it was it was like mama like, like 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 freedom and and they were there and, and 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 I just realized that you know you just you just have to be there for people and that you don't realize that when someone's in pain nothing else matters I didn't care about I honestly you know the food I couldn't eat food so food meant nothing to me and and, and the clock was my enemy it was like every second I had that in me was was making me clear when you're in pain even you know people came in and they came to visit me and oh Rabbi Wallstein how are you and unfortunately when I'm like get out of here in my head I'm like you're not helping me get the tube out of my my nose well, you know, I don't feel well. I don't want to talk to anybody. So, so like, when you have, you know, people come to you, and, and, and I just got a deeper understanding, and, and this girl's in pain, and she's coming to me, and I'm like, Hey, it's great, Hashem, the sunset. Let's go to sunrise, you know. No, I don't feel good. I, I my wife was like, don't be so nasty to everybody who came in. I, I, I didn't want to be nasty. I don't want to be nasty. I, I just, I was like, how do you feel? I'm like, what do you ask me such a stupid question? Do you look what I look like? You know what I mean? Do I look normal? Do I look like I feel good? I couldn't even lay in the bed because the tube, when you lay down, so I, so I slept in a chair. Forget about it. It's like, I, 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 so I was so happy. I came out when I, you know, so, so it was funny because my wife tells that male nurse, um, once he Shabbos, you know, he's got to leave tomorrow. You know, I don't care what. He's got to leave tomorrow. And the guy's like, why does he have to leave tomorrow? And she's like, because he has graduation. Um, his daughters are graduating. So the guy's like, his daughters? You have twins? She goes, no, we have, there are nine, nine, nine graduating tomorrow. He goes, you have nine daughters graduating tomorrow? Because my, 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 
high school graduated, that uh, nine girls graduated, and I definitely feel that like this if it wasn't for them, you know, after I, when, when I was ready to leave, so the the guy said, to, the nurse said to me, you know, you, you Rabbi, you're very lucky. I'm like, why? He says, you know, because the last guy that was here with a with a intestinal blockage was here for six months. So I was like, whoa, six months. So I was like, I know that the schus that I got out was for for those girls. So um, so it was just I just came away with it, understanding. So so Monday I come to uh, I come to work, and you know I was gone last week, so I have like a whole pile of emails from the whole last week. So um, I, I took every single email and I answered every single email. I wrote an answer and I bring it to my secretary, and she's like. You never, you never answer emails. What are you doing? I'm like, send them now. You sometimes you just have to go through some stuff to to um, to have an understanding. So I walked away and I said that I have to write that and make a mental note. And I've been really trying to call everyone back as soon as I can because even even like 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 on my way here, I got a text from someone. Um, my wife needs to talk to you about our daughter, whatever it is. And I was on my way here. I knew I couldn't talk to them because I had. I, I called them back. I just said, "I'm going to give a shear. I can't talk to you now. Call me at ten o'clock tomorrow." Because because even when the the male nurse couldn't help me or the person couldn't help me, just talk. Just just talk to me. Just tell me what's going on. Are they coming in two hours? Fine. Just talk to me. I learned so much from this from this from those forty eight hours in that hospital. I mean, you shouldn't have to learn it through you know like that, but it was definitely a. a when people need your help, you need to help them right away. You need to, you, you can't wait. You need to help them right away, because because every second is like mamash, is like a hundred years, and you know we don't realize it. And when you make ashiyotza and you thank Hashem that you don't have a tube down your throat, down your, up your nose, tubes are not supposed to go up your nose, you know. And the size of that thing was was trip was double the size of this pen, and I stuck it up my nose, into my throat, down my and down into my stomach. That's, that's not supposed to be. That's not normal. And to sit there, you know, for you know, and, and and it's not normal. And and therefore, when you don't have one of those things stuck down your nose, and you could you could breathe and you can smell and make a bariyamene b'samim, you know, matzah shabbos. Um, it was already out by five thirty on shabbos, so matzah shabbos to um, to make havdalah. It was the nicest smell of b'samim I ever had in my life. To be able to smell, and it's just you just have to appreciate, and you have to make your ashiyatsas with a, a lot of kavana, and you have to people reach out to you. Anyone reaches out, you need to call them back right away. Even if you can't help them, you need to you need to react right away. There's nothing to talk about. All right. Anyway, so that was uh, that was Shabbos. Baruch Hashem, I'm here, and um, it's a memory. And what do you do with memories? You learn from them. Okay. So now let's get to. So I missed last week's parsha. I want to talk for two minutes about last week's parasha, and then um, we'll come to this week's parasha, which happens to be my bar mitzvah parasha, because it's my birthday tonight, so it comes out actually the same way it did when I was born. I don't know how that works in years, you can figure it out, but I was actually born on a uh, Tuesday night, and it was Yud Aleph, and it's exactly, and it was parasha Bullock on Shabbos, so it's not much like that. Okay, anyway, um, so last week was very interesting. Last week in parasha Spukas, what happens? They start to complain. Right? What do they say? They say, Vaydabaha Ombelikim, Umosha 
Umosha, they spoke about Hashem and Moshe. Lama Helishani Helisunu mi Mitzrayim, Lama's by Midbar. Why did you take us up from Mitzrayim to kill us in the Midbar? Ki Lechem. There's no bread. There's no water. And our soul is disgusted with this man. What's this called, everyone? Kafri right? Why? Says Rashi. So they were not happy with the man. They were complaining. So they were absolutely kafri which we know. Is the worst media a person can have, and a media that Hashem reacts right away, like he did by Adam. So Hashem said, Okay. So Hashem sent snakes into Hasrafim. They said, Yeah, sent fiery snakes, uh, serpents that have, that have um, venom that kills. They bit the, the nation. They died. I'm rubbing for a lot of people. All right. They realized we're in trouble. They came to Moshe. They said, We sinned. We spoke bad against you and Hashem and you. Um, from us the Nachosh. Hashem said, this is what you need to do. I say, make for yourself a, a serpent, put him on a stick, and whoever sees it will look up at the stick and they will live, whoever was bitten. He made a, 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 a copper snake, he put him on the, on the stick, if someone got bitten, he would look at the snake and he would live. So there's a lot of questions that I have that I'm not going to answer this, this week. One is, um, what does that mean? Right? Um, if the Nachash bit the person, he should look at Why else would he look at it? He, if he wasn't bitten, then he wasn't dying. If he wasn't dying, why would he, why would he look at it? Right? It doesn't make sense. Um, Now the big question, the one I want to talk about tonight is if they were bitten by snakes, the last thing that you want them to look at is a snake. You get bitten by a dog and you become scared of dogs. If you're drowning in the water, you know, you don't you don't want to go back into the water. So what, what was this like what was that? What I should, what was it? You look at a snake. So so what's the terrorist terrorist is? That the, that they would look up and if they would look up, right, they would think of Hashem, if they think of Hashem, it would be cured. Hold on a second. So we have to put a snake up there. Put a safer tire up there. Well, why snake? Why would Hashem tell? What's the nachash represent? Satan, the Sahara. Why would Hashem say, put a snake on top of the snake? If your whole reason, Hashem, is to make them look up, put a safer tire up there, put a lion, put a lion up there. Put up a picture of, I don't know, something. Why would Hashem tell them, tell Moshe Rabbeinu to put a snake? A snake is a very bad representation, as you know. It's an interesting thing because the snake healed in this case. That's why doctors in the medical world has that snake around the stick. You know that, right? That's where it comes from. Because that was in the, in the Bible, that was the refuah. But, but the, the Shiloh is a very strong caution. Why a snake? Why, Hashem is telling Moshe Abedin, why put a snake there? Put, a, put the luchos. Put the luchos up there. Wow. That would have been a refuah. 
Put the luchos up there. Everyone's going to look up at the luchos. They're going to think about Hashem. They're going to do tshuva. Why a snake? It's a very, very scary, scary. Um, it's brought down. Very, very scary. That in the next world, um, a person's avera. Mikhail Yasha talks about this also. When you come up to the next world, I forgot the lashon that's used, but the the it's not a movie. In other words, there's no, there's no talking. When when you go to your din, right? Every avera you did is a malach. The malach doesn't talk. The malach is a picture of your avera. So the malach stands there. You look at the malach. You know exactly what you did. It's very graphic. Okay, you can imagine the areas you did and what that malach looks like. It has your face and whatever the other areas is in front of it. So, so there's no arguing. It's you doing the avera. You're looking at so, so it's so it's sort of like a sort of like a doctor. So when you see he's wearing a white when you see someone wearing a white coat, you know he's a doctor. And you're in the hospital, he's wearing a white coat. He's a doctor. You see a police uniform, you know he's a police. He doesn't have to tell you I am a police, right? When you get on a plane, the guy who's dressed as the captain is the pilot. You know that, and the stewardess is stewardess. She doesn't have to say I am a stewardess, right? Doesn't say stewardess. You know who she is. So, so the various in the next world, whatever you did, if you didn't do tshuva on it, you can't argue with it because it's the actual avera. The malach doesn't talk. That's what it says. The Malach doesn't say, Hi, I am Chaim, whatever. No, he doesn't talk. It's you doing the Avera, and that's what he looks like. He looks like the Avera. So if you're uh, looking at some pictures you're not supposed to, then there is a picture of you with that screen in front of you on your chest with the picture of whatever that garbage you were looking at. Here's your head, that's you, and all the stuff that you were looking at. And you're just looking at this Malach, and you're like... So embarrassed and so melting away, that's why we should get him. And there's just nothing to say. The malach does not open his mouth. There's only one malach that talks, and he's one of the scariest malachs that there are. And and he stands there and he just looks like you. There's no pictures. There's nothing. And you're like, what's up with that? That looks like a, that doesn't look like he did anything wrong. And that's the malach of Lashon Hara. The malach of Lashon Hara. Is the only malach that speaks. And he says exactly over in your voice what you said. So he is the only malach that you can't recognize until he opens his mouth. So you have no idea. He doesn't look like any Avera, he just looks like you. But when he opens his mouth, he repeats the exact Avera in the way you said it. Now, the Nachash. Very, very fascinating. The Nachash was the, the, the one who had them eat from the Eitz Hadas. Right? That was his, what he do? He got Adam and Chava to eat from the Eitz Hadas. How did he get, how did he get Chava to eat from the Eitz Hadas? He told her, right, you could, that, that, that you could eat Right, Hashem, she even said to him, what do you mean? Hashem said, I can eat from every tree. Hashem said, I can eat from everything. He only told me, I'm not allowed to eat from these two things. How can I do this? And he said, eh, you don't have to worry about Hakar Satov. Hashem has something you don't have, right? So she was a Kafri Tov, because by eating from the Etadas, it's an interesting thing. What was the biggest part of that Avera? Not listening to Hashem? No. The biggest part of that Avera was, Hashem gave her to eat from everything, just these two don't eat from. 
With your Akras Atayim. I, I, I let you eat from everything. With, with your appreciation. So you go ahead and you eat from the two things I tell you not to. Imagine I'm the king. And I say, you can eat from my garden. Anything you want. Whatever you want. These two things I don't want you to touch. So by you touching it, it's not that you didn't listen to me. It's that you pretty much took everything else and threw it in my face. I gave you everything. It wasn't enough. So the Nachash was a Kafri Taif. So what was his punishment? His punishment was that everything he ate, right, what did it taste like? It tastes like dust. That was his punishment, right? Because you don't appreciate anything. So if you don't appreciate anything, why should I give you taste? The whole thing is I give you, I give you, I, the, the Rashi says in Chomesh, the reason the Hashem waited till Adam was created, so he would daven for rain, and when he daven for rain, everything grew. So if the, uh, we learn from that Rashi that without Hakaras Atov, nothing grows. So Hakarash Bokhu created food to have taste so that you could appreciate it. But if you're not going to appreciate it, it's not going to have taste. Right? If you don't bench, you know that, and then you don't bench, you don't appreciate you don't make the breakfast the way you're supposed to, then you might have a tube down your throat and you won't be able to get food for two days, right? Whatever it was eating chili and kishkin and everything else. So a person has to have a crust of he has to be careful when he makes his breakfast that he appreciates that he can taste and that he, you know, and, 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 and that he has food and everything. So the Nukhash punishment was, why should you have, why, why should I give you taste? You are the, the king of coffee time. King of coffee time, you're not gonna get any taste. How far? Everything you taste, there's no taste. It tastes like dust. What happened here? What was their Avera? They came to Moshe Rabbeinu and said, why did you take us out of Mitzrayim and, 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 and give us this food, this man? We don't, we didn't want this food. This is nothing. Because we're like, what? I gave you man. You don't go to the bathroom. It's, 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 I gave you everything. It tastes like anything that you want. And you're throwing the man back in my face. You're kafri toiv. Who are you? You're the so what am I gonna, what's the Mida connected Mida? Why, why were they bitten by snakes? Why were they bitten by lions? And tigers? And wolves? And, and dogs? And bears? Why snakes? Because you are, your Mida connected Mida, you're a cuffly toy. I give you mud, you throw it back in my face, ooh, the stuff that's stuck in my body that has that, that, right? So, so, so your punishment is, oh, you're a cuffly toy? You don't want, you don't, you don't want, what? What was the greatness of the mun? The greatness of the mun, it's godless. The greatness of the mun was that it tasted like anything you wanted it to taste like. What was the punishment of the nachash? That it didn't taste like anything. Because Baruch Hu said, I gave you something that tastes like anything you want. Now you, you're throwing that back in my face. So you're the nachash. So your punishment is not going to have any taste. So you're going to be bitten by the nachash. Because that was his punishment. So that's because Baruch Hu said... So put put a, 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 a snake of the choishes. Put it on the pole. Let them look at the nachos. Let them let them look at what they did wrong. But if they're going to look at me behind the nachos, to look up at Shemayim and realize that I'm the one that gave them the money and I'm the one who gives them everything. So that's the tshuva on the fear of the tayv. The fear of the tayv is nachos. I you know what I mean. I I, I deserve everything. I, I I don't appreciate what you do. So when the, when, when I, when Agurj Baruch said, the only way to fix this is they have to, first of all, you have to look at, you always have to look at what you did wrong in the face. You can't, you shouldn't run away from it. Number one. Number one, and we, there's another lesson, it's a, it's a more, um, psychological lesson, and that is when a kid's drowning, you don't go back in the water, you throw him back in the water. And the stand person who was in a car accident doesn't want to drive, you make him drive again. So, so the, the most important thing is you have to look your adversary, you have to look the snake in the face. You have to look at your your failures 
at your addictions, at the stuff that you're struggling with. If you run away from it, it's going to bite you in the back. You have to look at it, you have to face it, and you have to fix it. The problem today is that we, you know, they get pills and medicine, and it's not your fault, and did it and you're not, you, you, you can't grow from that. You don't grow muscle by, by taking a pill. It, it, it comes by sweat and work. And just like in the physical world, you grow muscle by sweat and work. In the spiritual world, you gotta work. You know, you got, you, 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 you gotta work. I, I know a rabbi that, that this kid was on so much medicine, and today this kid is doing amazing, and he got him off all the medicine. And, and, and they worked together, this, this, this Rebbe with him, and they went on trips together, and they worked together, and this kid is clean, he has no medicine anymore, he's doing great in class, he worked! You know, sometimes you have to have medicine, but, but sometimes you don't. And, and Hashem wanted to say, look the snake in the eye. Look at what you did. You were a kafwe type. But if you look up, if you look up, then you will see me behind the snake, above the snake, then, then, I'll, then I'll be machap you. And that's, that, that's what was going on over here. And, and also, it was Lashon Hara. They spoke Lashon Hara on Akash Baruch They spoke Lashon Hara on Moshe Rabbeinu over here. Okay. So that was, um, that was last week's passion. Very scary about those malachal and Shemayim. I'm very nervous about that. Very embarrassing. Very, very embarrassing. Imagine that. Malach is your Avera. You do chuva, you disappear. You grind them up. So you have to really do chuva. You know what chuva means? Chuva means I'm sorry that I did it. I won't I won't do it again and you don't do it again. That's real chuva. Not too easy. Okay, we gotta try, we gotta work on it. Alright. New Kiddush this year. God, I think it's godless. I think it's godless. Listen to this. First Pasuk in Pasha's Balak. What was Balak's mistake? Everybody else, you know, went to war with Kleistro. Balak had this whole thing. He hired Bilam and Bilam should curse Kleistro. What was his mistake here? It's in the first Pasuk. By Yar Balak ben Tzipor. Balak, the son of Tzipor, by the way, the Chidah says that Balak was the son of Yisrael. That one of the, the eighth name of Yisrael was Tzipor. But he brings out from that Rizal that he wasn't the son, because we know there's only seven names, that he was actually the grandson. The grandson of, of, um, of Yisrael. But anyway, by Yar Balak ben Tzipor, it's Kolasha also Yisrael le'emori. What did Balak see? Everything that Yisrael did to Emori. He didn't realize that it was God that destroyed Emiri. M- he thought that it was Kaisro. He didn't say, Hashem Emiri. He said, Yisrael Emiri. So his mistake was, he didn't realize that it was God. He thought it was just the nation of, of Israel, just Kaisro. What does Bilam tell him? Bilam says to him, Go back. Hashem is not allowing me to go with them, with you. So Bilam told Bilam told Balak, you, you got this war wrong. This is not this is not against Klai Yisrael. It's not Yisrael that destroyed Amiri. It's God. 
Balaam didn't see that. Now, you'll see later on the exact same story we said in the um, we said in the Haftarah in Pasha Shalach, right, where the Moraglim came to, to Eretz Yisrael and they came to Rachav, right? Listen to what she says. I know God's going to give you the land. We're very scared of you. Listen to the difference. Listen to the difference. She says, she's a guy, right? Because we heard that God captured Esme Yamsuf. We heard what Hashem did for you, he destroyed the Emoiri and the Melch Emoiri. So here you have two Goyim that heard the same thing, except that Bullock's problem was that Bullock said that he heard what Kleisrol did to the Emoiri. And she said, I heard what God did to the Emoiri. And she, of course, was saved. And I think she married, she married Yeshua, maybe? She married somebody, I think she married Yeshua. But, um, yeah, I'm almost sure. But, and, and, and here, look what happened to him. He was totally destroyed. Okay, now, we go to one of my favorite subjects. And it says like this. And I, I haven't said this over in Shul tonight. This is Nayyadik. And Lamai said there's so much of the Torah. Rosh we just started the book now. We're actually four chapters into the book on our cross. I'll tell you, my first book. Very excited. Um, listen to this. There's a lot of kashas here. So we know the Mishnah in Perkei says that God created the Piyah in the mouth of the donkey. Benash um, Mashoith, Erev Shabbos. So the kasha is, why do we need this Piyah all altogether? And that, that's a very big miracle. It's a huge miracle to have a donkey speak, Right? So, um, even though sometimes my rabbi, when I used to talk, used to say, oh, the P.R. sign. Okay. So, uh, it was an insult, but I guess it was a miracle. So, anyway, I had to get that in there for what he did. Anyway, so, um, the, the Asan, listen carefully to what happens. The Asan is standing in the way. The donkey sees as Hamalach Hashem. It sees, it's got Bilam on its back. And it sees that this Malach is standing there and it's got, a, it's got a, an outstretched sword. See that? Even donkeys go off the derech. See that? Huh. Okay, I have to be a little funny tonight. So, and I'm sure they opened the yeshiva for a sunrise that are off the derech. Right? It went off the derech. It went into the field. He gave him patch. He went off the derech. You get patch when you go off the derech. So he gave him patch to get her up back on there. So he went off the derech. He's trying to get back on the derech. Now he's going through the he's going through the thorns. And they're stuck. He sees the malach. But he looks like here, and he squashes onto the wall. But he looks like and his feet get stuck on the on the wall. He hits him again. He's still in his way. And then now they can't go left or right. He uh, he sort of jumps under Bilam. Bilam. He hits him again three times. That's it. This Osoin, this donkey has had enough. You hit me three times. 
Vayiftach Hashem is piyasain. Hashem opens his mouth. Vatoymel lebilam, and he says to Bilam, Maasis lachai. What did I do to you? Kiki sunny deshalosh regal that you hit me these three times. Bilam doesn't seem to be shocked that his donkey's talking to him. Vayamel Bilam laasain. What do you mean? You know why you're getting? You know why you're getting petch? Because you listen to what he says. Kiki is allowed to be. He didn't say because you, because you squashed my foot. He didn't say because you didn't listen to me. He said because you mocked me. What were you talking about? What do you mean I mean he mocked him? Because you didn't listen to me. And if you don't listen to me, then you're making fun of me. This is such a deep lesson to chinuch and teaching and being a parent. And this is a, a lesson that I've never really spoken about and that when I was preparing this year, Kuzbohu sent this to me. There's a very separate lesson over here. You have a donkey that his taina, right? Oh, so he, listen to his taina. So now he says to him, You, if I had a sword in my hand, I would have killed you. I tell you, I'm going to Hold on a second. What are you getting so crazy about? Aren't I your donkey that you rode from now till, from the beginning till now? Did I ever, um, did I ever, am I accustomed to do such a thing like this to you? Did I ever not listen to you? Did I ever go off the derech? Did I ever do anything like this to you? Abelam said, Lo, you've been a good donkey. End of discussion. What happened here? Hashem opened the eyes of Bilam and he saw the Malach and he bowed down and the Malach said, why did you hit your donkey three times? I was in the way and the donkey saw me and that's why he moved out of the way and really I should have killed you and I should have let it live. Hashem I sinned. Why did you sin? Because I didn't know that you were standing in the way. What should have Bilam said here? Bilam should have said, I sinned that I hit the donkey three times and he didn't deserve it. What was the sin? His sin was that he didn't see the Malach? The Malach didn't appear to him till then. What's he saying here? Again, listen carefully. This is such a lesson. This story is such a huge, has such lessons. It's not about a donkey talking. Hashem doesn't make a donkey talk just to tell Bilam, like, oh, why'd you hit me? Hashem doesn't do that. There's a very deep lesson, and the lesson wasn't for Bilam. Lessons for us. This is a huge, huge lesson. Again, Bilam says, I sinned. What is my sin? Kilayadati. I sinned because I didn't know that you were in the way. That wasn't your sin. I didn't appear to you yet. I didn't want you to know that I was in the way. Your sin was that you beat up on a donkey that didn't deserve a beating. That Bilam did not apologize for. And the biggest question here is, why didn't the donkey tell him? Why are you hitting me? There's a malach in the way. The donkey saw the malach three times. So when Bilam said, I hit you because you didn't listen to me because you made an idiot out of me, the, the donkey should have said, I did it to save you. There was a malach in the way. The donkey never tells Bilam there was a malach. Why didn't he just tell him the truth? 
because that's not the message that Hashem is sending us. That there's a story of a donkey with a malach and he couldn't go, so he told the donkey, that's not what's going on over here. What's going on over here is what came out of the donkey's mouth. What did he say? He said, listen, mister, I am I not your donkey that's always been there for you? If I've always been there for you, and now I'm not, don't you think you should think that maybe there's something wrong? Where is your curse? I'll tell you, for me always being there for you. And he said, you're right. You've always been there for me. But he was such a Russia, and he still didn't have a curse at times. You've always been there for me. And when he spoke to the Malach, he didn't say, I sinned. She was always there for me. And look what I did to her. He said, I sinned because I didn't see you. Because I, I wasn't as good as the donkey. I should have been better. I should be able to see you. Totally missed the whole point. So you have a kid in yeshiva. And he's doing good, sixth, fifth grade, and sixth grade. And he's doing good in seventh grade. And then all of a sudden, in eighth grade, he's failing He's asking questions about Hashem. He's, he's not doing well. So that's what you're supposed to do. Hit the donkey once, twice, three times. Keep hitting him, keep punishing him, keep punishing him, keep hitting him. So this poor kid's neshama is saying, Rebbe, for seven years I was perfect. Wasn't I there in the last seven years? Mommy, Tati, wasn't I there? Wasn't I a good boy? So if I'm not a good boy, something's wrong. And what do we say as the parents of the Rebbe? Not, I'm sorry that I hit you and I threw you out of school and I did this all to you. What do we say? Oh, I should have caught it earlier. I should have done punished him earlier. I should have been harder on him. Exactly what Billam says. Instead of saying, oh my God, Khatasi, my child changed all of a sudden. Something's going on. Something's going on in his life that changed him. No! Oh, I should have been stricter. Should have taken away his phone, his, his iPad, his this, his that, his that. Because Moshe was screaming, what are you talking about? The kid's been good till now. The Chamor's screaming, I've been a good boy. I never went off the derech. I went straight. I never squashed your foot. Mommy, Tati, I never aggravated you. I never did anything wrong to you. And now all of a sudden I'm off the wall. So don't you think there's something wrong? And we're walking around saying, the Malach! I didn't see the Malach! And this came out of the mouth of a donkey. He said, I don't understand you. I've been there for you all the time. And it goes the other way too. It goes to the, the, the most of is to the children also. When, when a parent says, no, you want to do this and you want to do that. And, and I, I can't, I, I don't want to have, I, you know, I, I want an iPhone. I want internet. I want the car. I want this. And the parent's like, Shayful, I don't want you out past 12 o'clock at night. I have this all the time. No, I want my curfew to be 3 o'clock. I have these girls. 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock. You're out of your mind. 3 o'clock. What are you talking about 3 o'clock? 3 o'clock. And, and, and what's the shop? It's 4 o'clock. Or even 1 o'clock. And the parents are like, I don't want you going out past 11 o'clock. And the kid's like, throwing a fit and going crazy. And, and if I had a sword in my hand, my, like him, like Bill, if I had a sword in my hand, I'd chop your head off, Tati. And it's the same thing, but Shayful, I've always been there for you. You need food, you need money, whatever you need, we need to go away, you need vacation. Everything I give you. So if I've always been there for you, and now I'm saying no, and now I'm saying no, must be, this is the awesome screaming, must be that if I'm, 
that if I've always been there for you and now I'm saying, no, I'm not going here because there happens to be a guy with a sword in front of me, but I'm not telling you that. I'm not, he never told him that. So I'm not going there. So it must be if I always was there for you, Tatullah, and now I'm telling you, no, must be there's a reason. And it's the same thing as Bilam. The kids don't understand. They're like, no, no. No, my father's wrong. What do you mean your father's wrong? They're there for you for everything else. So if they're telling you that this is not good for you, so it must be really not good for you. And this is what this donkey was screaming. And that's why Hashem opened up this mouth of the Pia Asoin to teach us a lesson. Because Allah has kama bakama. If a donkey is tidying Hakaras from a person, a donkey has a right to say Hakaras to the point where the Malach is saying to Bilam, you don't have a Karasatoy for your donkey? I should kill you. You hear what he's saying, the Malach? The Malach saying that a human being who doesn't have a car to play for an animal, I should kill you, and I should let the animal live. Allah is kama kama for sure, for sure, if another human being is doing something good for you, what the Malach should do to you for not showing a car to play, and a hundred million times what God is doing for you? So, so, so if Hashem gives you life, and Hashem gives you everything, and once in a while in business, stuff's not going, or health, stuff's not going, or what you thought's supposed to be is not going. So instead of hitting the Havdal Elf of Dollars, the donkey, instead of hitting Hashem and saying, Oh, you're not doing this for me? I'm not giving Shedaka anymore. You're not doing this anymore? I'm not going to Shedaka anymore. You're not doing this? I'm going up to Deirah. Right? Instead of doing that, sit down and think, Well, maybe there's, maybe there's a reason Hashem's doing this. Maybe there's a malach with chaboy shrifoy bayadoy. Maybe if I if if Hashem lets me do this, I'm gonna get my head chopped off. Allah has kama bakama so Kushbahu said I'm I they don't understand me, but maybe they'll understand a donkey. But Tiftah Bahu opened the Pia Asan. To teach us Hakarasatoyev. And to teach us to stop hitting when something is not working, there's a reason. Stop hitting, stop criticizing, stop screaming, maybe get off the donkey and try to figure out why it's not going anymore. Instead of beating the donkey up. And that Akash who felt was so important to be taught that he was Mishana the Bria. He was Mishana the Bria and created an animal a moment in time of against the Bria because animals are not archai, they're not medaber. So this animal went from a chai to medaber, which is a total change in Bria. Because Baruch Hu doesn't change the Bria unless there's a crazy message. If you look at the ten things that Hashem changed, right, Bein Hashemashas, each thing had a crazy message. But Tiftach HaOretz is Pia. The, the earth, Hashem created the earth to open its mouth to teach Kerach Adasoi of the Lashon Hara that they spoke and of what they did. Because Baruch Hu changed the whole world. Over here, he changed the whole world that this donkey should have a discussion. It wasn't for Bilam. Bilam's an idiot. Bilam at the end said, I sinned because I didn't see the Malach. You idiot, that's not the message. You missed the message. You missed the whole message. He tackled missed the whole message. It was Milam. He missed the whole message. The message was, you didn't have a curse of turf to your donkey, learn a lesson, and he went, uh, the message is, how come the donkey saw it and I did it? And so many of us in the chinuch of our children totally, totally miss the message. We just keep banging and banging and banging, and how many of our children 
totally missed the message that if my parent is always there for me and right now he's not and he's saying no then there may be a malach with a sword standing in front of me I might be in danger and that's why and because Baruch Hu gives us everything that he gives us and he gives us bowels that move and food that tastes and air that you can breathe and a nose and a mouth and ears and an eye and all this stuff Oh my gosh, if you give me all that and then once in a while you take it away, there must be a reason instead of smacking him and walking away and going off the derrick and going crazy, it's just the opposite. You have to think about why. Something's going on. Had Bilaam thought about that, he never hit the donkey three times. And after that, the donkey died. It gave its message and you never heard from it again. That was it. Because the Malach said, I should have killed you and let the donkey live, which means he killed the donkey and let him live. Otherwise, he wouldn't have said that. He could have said, uh, I could have kept you both alive. It was mashma that he already killed the donkey. And the measure said he did kill the donkey immediately. And the reason he killed the donkey was, number one, that the donkey spoke. And the, and the, the other people from that, that went with Bill, I'm sure the donkey speaking, and they would have made the donkey an avoid Zara. A donkey that speaks, they would have made it into an avoid Zara. And the second reason was that the donkey did its shlichus. And I said, finished. It, it only had one shlichus. What was the shlichus? Was I always here for you? If I was always here for you, why'd you do this to me? That's it, goodbye. That's all it had to say. It had nothing else to say. Never said a word to Bilam that it could have said it the first time. It could have told him when he hit him the first time, hello, there's the malach in front of us. It would never hit him the other two times. But he wanted to show us. I went this way, he hit me, right? So he should have picked up that there was something wrong. Okay, he didn't. So now I did it again. He still didn't pick it up. Now I did it again, he still didn't pick it up. We, when we watch kids, you gotta pick it up right away. The kid's going a little bit off. The kid's, something's wrong. Everybody has to see there's something wrong right away. You can't wait one, two, three times, and sometimes it's too late. You gotta right away say, I don't understand. This kid's a good kid. What's going on over here? What's going on? Why, why is this happening? I, I was just telling somebody that, that I was talking to a girl today. And, and she's, she's really struggling. She comes from a very firm Chesidisha family. And she, she's really struggling. She's really a good kid. She has questions and, and she's struggling. And, and I sat there today and she, she said, like, if you, if you could prove me Bechira, she's in a Chesidisha school. She doesn't believe in anything. You would never believe it. If you saw this girl, you would never believe it. She doesn't believe in anything. She believes in the Big Bang Theory. That, that a bunch of gases got together. And exploded and the world came to be. I'm like, wow, you may be a bunch of gases, but I'm not. I said, I hope Hashem created me. You think you just, you know, you were a monkey and you were this and that. But, but anyway, I, I started to explain to her, you know, the whole big, that, that, that Lamai says there's no yesh ma'ayin. Even in, in scientists don't teach Big Bang anymore because the bottom line is where did the gases come from? In science teach you, teaches you that, that you can get elements and combine them and separate them, but the elements have to be created. In other words, the element can't come from nothing. Science believes that nothing can come from nothing. Something has to come from something. Then you can stop playing around with it, whatever it is. So she says, she says to me, well, well, how do you know that? How do you know that, um, that people didn't create the world? Look, they can make a phone. I said, that's right. So you just admitted that the phone can't just happen. So if people created the world, then who created the people? Sooner or later, you've got to get to a creator. There's no way around it. Nice kid. So, so, you know, so, so, so we were talking, and she's like, if you, if you can prove me Bechira... Then, um, if you can prove me Bechira, then I would believe in everything else. I said, you, you really, you really want to know? You really want to know Bechira? You really want to know about Hashem? I said, you know, I'll tell you a story. There's a, there's a girl on a, 
a little kid on a plane and she asked her father how do planes fly and the father said with engines look on the wing and the kid looked at the wing and sat down and was happy that's a kid but someone who really wants to know how a plane flies has to go to aeronautical has to go to physics learn physics and gravity and and inertia and thrust and a million other things and if you really want to know how a plane flies you're not just going to take that for an answer you want to study you have to study everything I said if you're ready to sit and learn and to study um, Bechira and all this farm on Bechira I'll be glad to learn with you but if you just you just don't want to hear you're not really interested you just want to say I have questions then you're not not a person that's really really interested in the answers so you know the same thing and I explained to her I said Shefali you're you're a Hasidish girl and I have a rule I have learned in my 36 years of being a Rebbe and in life people don't leave their environment people have to be pushed out of their environment in other words Eskimos don't go to Florida Floridians don't go to Alaska why not Floridians it's so hot in the summer hang out in Anchorage hey you guys it's so cold in the winter hang out in Miami the answer is that an Eskimo in Miami would be very uncomfortable and a person in Miami in Anchorage would be very uncomfortable we're used to our environments so when you see a child leave their environment a chesh girl who's now wearing short skirts or has questions on Hashem something happens you don't wake up in the morning and say I don't believe in God you don't wake up in the morning and say I'm not above a chassid anymore I'm not a I'm, I'm, I'm not putting on tefillin anymore I'm not I'm not putting on a yarmulke anymore there's no such thing how do we know that? Avram Avinu one of his biggest nisayinists was why was that a nisayin? Hashem said leave and go to the place that I will show you and there you will become a nation rich the father of the world hey God came to me right now and said leave Brooklyn I'm not telling you where you're going but Rav Wallstein you're going to be the head of the nation rich healthy family come out of here so what's in the sign no you're not it's still you're going to do it may do it it's going to be very hard to leave your environment is extremely hard to do so if you see a kid that's off the derech on the street or uh, a bum of a girl that's coming to me and saying I don't believe nah nah you, you didn't just wake up we need to find out what pushed you out of the environment and if we can figure out what pushed you out of the environment and try to correct that then we can get you back into the environment but nobody just steps out from what he is it's one of the hardest things that's why when you do when you do Kiruv and you uh, Kiruv Chokim and you want to take someone from an irreligious family and bring him into Yiddishkeit it's very hard because you're taking him out of what he's used to what, what he, what's, he, what's his normal right and it's very hard and even when he becomes from it's very hard to live that way because his environment is always pulling him back his parents and his family and, and, and what he has to go through is always pulling him back there it's very hard to be out of your environment it's, it's very hard to be a refugee it's very 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 hard so when you when you have a kid who's doing great first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, he's in ninth grade, tenth grade, all of a sudden, boom! Right? He's just like, boom! Uh-uh. No. That, that, that donkey went off the path, right? So to say, the Havdal donkey went off the path. You, you need to find out what was standing in front of, the, what that thing, what, what happened over there. That, no kid just falls off like that. 
it doesn't happen like that. And and it's so easy to find because when you watch the scale, and I talk into a kid, and he's like, I'm talking to the parents, sixth grade good, yeah. Seventh grade good, yeah. Eighth grade good, um, unbelievable year, graduated, transitorian. Ninth grade good, fantastic. Tenth grade, oh my God. Tenth grade, off the derech, not even Shemesh Shabbos anymore. Smokes, I'm like, okay, right here, let's circle right here. Okay, talk to me about what month, when did it happen? Okay, so we have two, three months here. We just need to look into those three months because that's where the push happened. And then we find out abuse. We find out something he saw on the internet. We find out a very bad friend. We find out a lot of other things that happened in that little circle. And now we need to fix that. Is that friend still there? Is, is, was that abuse taken care of? We have to figure out what happened over there. But no one just goes, poof. It doesn't just happen like that. And that's what this pastor screaming. The donkey's screaming, hello, I've been normal till now, Tati. And now I'm not normal. So something happened. Stop hitting me. Stop hitting me. Figure out what happened. And some of us, we just don't get it. And we're like, step back, maybe I should have done this, maybe I should have done that. And he's telling the Malach, Chatasi, I sinned. What did I do wrong? I didn't see you. Man, you missed the whole picture, mister. I didn't see you. I should have been great enough to see you. That was his mistake. And that's what Hashem is screaming at us in the three's parasha. And that's why he created something against Tema. And the basis of it is that what the donkey's also saying to him is, where is your Akarasatov? The major says something really terrible. They were husband and wife. Bilam actually slept with his donkey. Because he served Maybe next week I'll learn with you that medrash. It's a crazy medrash. He served these two malachim that were thrown out to this world who became the worst, 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 and they're, they're stuck in a mountain. And the reason we don't know where Moshe Rabbeinu is buried is because he's buried right across from them. Because if he was, if he didn't counter their tumah, the world would be, would be destroyed. He was, Bill on his crazy medrash is like from a sky fly. He, he used to go to their cave. They're, they're buried deep in a cave. They can't get out. Right? He used to go to their cave. He used to serve them. And, and, and the, the more tumor you did, the more power you got. Bilam was the most powerful sorcerer. Him and Bullock were both sorcerers. And, and, and Bullock worked with Sipa, he worked with a bird. It's a crazy, it's unbelievable measure. It's just something to look at this week. But anyway, but, so he served them. Now the biggest tumor is to sleep with an animal. So he slept, this was his wife. So she said to him, I've been your wife, I've been there for you, for everything that you need, and now, I did this, and all of a sudden you're, you're scorned, and you're angry, and you're taking it personal. And because he said to her, you know, you scorned me, you took it personal. Like she said, "Hello, where's your karsatov? I've been there all the time for you. So if I'm not there for you right now, there must be a reason. So instead of hitting me, why don't you talk to me? Why don't you?" Hashem opened the pee awesome, but he didn't open the pee Bilam. Bilam should have talked to her and said, "What's going on over here?" have the husband and wife. The wife does the dishes, and she does the laundry, and she, and then the one she, she does something wrong, the guy's freaking out. You know, ask her, hello, Shafel, you had a bad day, what's going on over here? Why, why couldn't you, you know, like, well, what happened over here? You know, instead of doing, instead of yelling at me, listen to what I have to say. So, so Hashem opened the P.O.S. and he didn't open the P.B.L.M. Bilam should have been the one to say, um, okay, you really been good to me, like, um, did I do something wrong? That, that you smacked my foot into the wall? Is there something I should know? Um, is there, are you angry at me? Did I forget our anniversary card? You know, me and the donkey, you know, like our, our wedding anniversary? You can imagine that, you know, with a, a funny wedding, but whatever. And he didn't do that. Just the opposite. He had no akar for the toy. He was a kafi toy. He was an achosh. 
He was talking to Nachash. He was a, he was, he was a Kofri Taif. And, and that's what this Asan is. is screaming at all of us. Where's Yakras Taif? This is an Asan and Bilam. Imagine God and us. Kuzmoch was screaming at us. Hello, if everything's not exactly the way you want it, aren't I there for you all the time? What is wrong with you? Why don't you go inside yourself and ask, maybe there's something I don't know, maybe there's something I don't see. And, 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 and the, the hate is not that I don't, that, that, that I didn't see the malach. The hate is like, why didn't I ask the question? Someone who's always there for me is not there for me right now, then there must be a reason. Okay. Want to end? Just for the, with a short chidah. This week's parasha, a little gilgal. Interesting chidah. First of all, just so you should know how, this is a chidah. Okay, this is not protect the animals. The chidah, and it's to, it just to show you how Makpir Hagosh Baruch Hu is in causing anything in his world pain. And the chidah says the following. So the, the, the Malach says, right, why did you hit your, Amaha says, why did you, why did you, um, hit your donkey? Mikan remez lamashakosa besefer chasidim. From here is a remez to what it says in the sefer chasidim. Kol mishuwechev alasus. Anybody who sits on a horse. Umaka oisoy bimagafim. And hits the horse with a stick, you know, to make it go, it's not going. Asid hulitain eshadin. You should know that in the future, you're gonna give judgment for that. Sechidok. From Sefer Chassidim. You can't hit a horse to make it run. Okay? I'm going to tell you a story that's brought down, and we'll end with this. In the, um, actually, I want to take one fast thing, and then I'll t- end with the story. Just a, in, um, he says, yeah, unbelievable. At the end of the parasha, so we know the terrible story where, where, um, Zimri took this, you know, took this, uh, Moavi and, or Midjani, and, and was going to be with her. And Pinchas saw, "Vayah Pinchas ben Alaz ben Aaron Akayin, vayakam mitoycha eda, vayikach roimach biyadai." Right? He got up and he took a, a roimach, a, a, a spear, and he threw it through their private parts, and he killed both of them. And it says, in the, "It says vayikach roimach ramach evarov." He took his whole body, he put his life in danger, and he killed him. Right? What does it say here? Vine ishmim neisrael ba. In front of Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know what to do, and he didn't know what to do. So Pinchas went ahead, and and he killed Zimri ben Soloi, and he killed uh, the Bidyanis, Kozbi Basasor. Right? This is unbelievable. Only the Chidah. The Chidah says the following. Listen to this. Pinchas, Mole Yud, Pinchas with the Yud, Pei Yud Nun Chot Samach, is the gematria of Yitzchak. Pinchas and Yitzchak, I know that because my father, Olaf Sholem's name was Yitzchak. And actually, it would have been his birthday to, to, to my, tonight. It would have been his 82nd birthday. Um, so Pinchas is the Gemara Yitzchak because my father's name was Yitzchak. And there was a person by the Christ, a big tzaddik, his name was Pinchas. And he used to always tell, tell us, your father and, my, and me, we have the same Gemara. Pinchas and Yitzchak are the same Gemara. So Pinchas is the same Gemara Yitzchak. So he says, this Abraham Yitzchak, the, the Shama of Yitzchak came into Pinchas. Laharag Zimri, in order to kill Zimri. Why? Because Zimri, Bechinas Esav. Zimri was a Gilgal of Esav. So why would Yitzchak kill his son Esav? Lasakain, the fix, Masha Oyev The fix that he gave him all that love. Such a Russia. That's what Rabbein Arizal says. He says, and he brings down that Pinchas also had in him the Nishama 
of Yosef and Yisrael. What did he have to fix for Yosef and Yisrael? By Yosef, he had to fix the ten drops that came out of Yosef. And by Yisrael, he had to fix that Yisrael used to fatten up animals to bring them for Avodah Now, I told you this over the past years. We know that Nadav and Avihu, who died, were also in the, were also Gilgulim in Pinchas because Nadav and Avihu never got married. So they only had two, they only had half Neshamas, right? And they made a Chil Hashem. The Chil Hashem was that they brought fire when Hashem said he was going to bring fire. So they had to be massacring the Chil Hashem and make a big Kiddush Hashem. Who made the biggest Kiddush Hashem in the Torah? Who got a Brisi Shalom? Was Pinchas. So Pinchas had to fix what another one of you did wrong. And they were only half Neshamas because they never got married. So they didn't have the other half of Neshama. So we know that another one of you went into Pinchas. Pinchas the Eliyahu, right? Okay. So now who did Pinchas have? Yitzchak, Yosef, Yisro. Nadav and Avihu. Okay. So he said, what was Nadav and Avihu's Avera? That they didn't want to get married. So it was also connected to the Indian of Yosef. Because Yosef was, had those ten drops, and they didn't want to get married. So it's sort of the same Avera. So he had to fix that, and he had to fix the, the Avedizara of Yisra. So what happened? Being with Cosby, they would be doing the Avaydazara of Pa'ar. Pinchas said, I could fix everything by killing Zimri, right? Because none of an Aviyu had to, had to fix this also. They came and they gave Pinchas the, the Koyach to, to, um, to be mistaken. What was their two Averis? They had two Averis. They brought a strange fire on the Mizbeah, which is like a Vodizara, and they didn't have children, right? So they had to fix those two things by killing, by, by, by killing him. So he says, Vizesh Shekot Vayar Pinchos. What did, it says that Pinchos saw. What did Pinchos see? That he could fix everything for everybody by killing him. And therefore it says in the Pasuk, Vayakam, Mitaich, Vayakam Mitaich is the gematria of Yisrael. He got it from amongst Klai Yisrael. Vayakam itself is the gematria of Yosef. So Vayakam Mitaich is the gematria of Yosef and Yisrael. So Pinchas got ahead through the Gilgal by killing Zimri ben Soloi. He fixed Nadav and Avihu. He fixed Yisrael. He fixed that he killed Esav for Yitzchak. And he fixed Yosef Atzadik. And then Pinchas became the Yohan Avi. So this is a so for just the bottom line is we have no idea what's going on in this world between all the Gilgulim and all the Tikkunim that, that this one killing of Zimri fixed all these other Tikkunim and Gilgulim of Yosef and Yisrael so, so we just you got to do the right thing and who knows when you do the right thing you got a Brisi Shalom he, he, a Brisi Shalom means that he lived forever and he talked became Eliyahu Pinchas became Eliyahu and Eliyahu did the same thing by the way he brought the fire I don't know I did this last year he brought the fire when, when they had all the Nevi'im and the fire came down from Shemayim he fixed what Nadav and Aviyu did Nadav and Aviyu didn't wait for the fire they lit their own fire when he became Eliyahu later on and it was the Nevi'ah Habal so they were waiting 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 a whole day and then he, he the fire came down to his Mizbeah so he talked and fixed exactly the Avera that Nadav and Aviyu did he fixed it, and that's when Elio, once he, fi- when Elio know he fixed it, he went to Shemayim, because he was, he was finished what he had to do. Okay, well, I want to end with a fascinating story of the Avas Chaim. So Avas Chaim says a story like this. Very short story. So Elio Novi came to a house, and the people in the house, you know, he comes as a human being, and they, he came as a very poor person, and these people took him in, and they gave him to eat, and they gave him a bed, and they took care of him. And before he left the house, he asked them, 
whatever you want, I can do for you. He didn't tell me it was Eliyahu He said, what, would, what do you people want? What would you want? So he said, listen, we had one child, and then for the last 10 years, my wife can't get pregnant. If, if we could have another child, it would be a, the greatest matana that if you could dominate Tashem, we should have another child. So Eliyahu did his Rocha Kodesh. He said, can I go to your backyard? They said, sure, why would you want to go to the backyard? He says, what do you have in your backyard? They said, it's a true seed. Abbas Chaim brings this down. He says, we have a chicken coop. He says, okay, I want to see the chicken coop. So he goes into the backyard, and he looks at the chicken coop. And he calls the, the lady and the man at, he says, I see the chickens, you have a coop. It's like like a building, whatever it is. And I see that um, the, the, the big chickens... They're able to jump down and to jump up. But the little chickens, the little chickies, they don't have wings yet, so they're stuck. You know, they're all stuck, squashed in this, this coop. They can't get down. He says, did you ever have a, like a ladder, like a, a, a ramp for the, you know, did you ever have one? And she said, yeah, we used to have one. But ten years ago, I, they, they were just, all these little birds were coming down and they were making all over the place and they were coming to the house and she said, so I, you know, the, the older chickens, they, they know how to stay in a, a separate area, but the little babies, they go all over the place. So I took the ladder away. I took the ladder away. Then he said, put the ladder back. The reason you don't have children is because these little baby birds, when they're stuck up there and they can't go down and they see their mothers going down, they cry to Hashem, they're in pain. And you want to have a baby. But you're making Hashem's babies, little chicken, little chicken babies, to have pain. Hashem can't give you a child when these little babies are having pain. If you put the ladder back, a year from now you'll have a baby. Abbas Chaim says, Achaya. Could you imagine? Little chickies couldn't go down, didn't have a place to walk down, so they were in pain, so they cried to Hashem, so this woman didn't have children. How makpid Hakushbarhu is on Tzab al and causing pain to a little chicken? causing pain to our parents or to another human being because Baruch who punished this couple not to have children because a baby chicken couldn't jump down to the ground what we go through in life because the pain that we put other people in how careful we have to be not to put other people into pain and we learn this from the he brings down he brings down you're not allowed to even hit a horse to make it run how careful you have to be in Tzal Balachayim. So the lesson for tonight is, Hakar Satoiv, and when the donkey goes off to Derech, so to say, when something is not in its natural way, in its natural environment, and it's going off its environment, instead of hitting it, talk to it. Because by the time it opens its mouth to talk to you, it might be too late. We have to ask our kids what's bothering you. The Rebbe has to ask the kid, why do you look depressed? What's going on with you? You can't wait till after three times beating him up and criticizing and criticizing. Because in the end of the story, the Asun died. In the end of the story, the Asun died. And that's, that's a very big lesson. And the lesson from the Mun and what happened over there, um, is a very big lesson by the Nachash. And that a person who, who who's a Kafri Taif Baruchu, that's a Nachash. And if you don't appreciate the taste and you don't appreciate the colors that Hashem has given us, the colors and the taste and the life, and Chas Hashem, you can take it away from us. So if we sure, if we have a cross of Toiv, will take us back. Al Kanfei Nesharim, Bezrat Hashem, Bekarayv, and all I can say is Hayla Hashem Ki Toiv Kilo that I'm able. I never dreamt sitting there Shabbos with a tube down my throat 
that I would be able to sit here tonight and give a shir. God is good, and sometimes when we go through some stuff, we just have to remember that He's always good, and that if it's not so great at that moment, there must be a good reason, and just be makabal at Basimcha. Agudanacht. You've just experienced another Torah class, brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.